it's Shamina. I'm back for another episode of Two Quick Things. And I'll jump right in. This week, I read an article called How to Detach Emotionally from Work um, from a website called The Cut. It seems to be a spinoff or off play from uh, the New York, New York Magazine. And it hit me because I realized that I used to get like super emotional about work stuff and it sucked. And it felt like this really big drain on me and like all of all of who I was was tied up in work. So I have a few notes that I'm going to try to refer to, but I hopefully won't get too caught up on. But have you ever been in a situation where you're so caught up emotionally about work and then you realize, what is my life outside of this? Like, is everything that I am wrapped up in the work that I do and the work that I get paid for? Because if that is the case, which it was for me, it felt really um, discouraging. And then I had to stop and find ways to both disconnect from work and to figure out who I am. Um, In the field that I'm currently working in, which is education, higher education specifically, it felt like I needed to my end all and everything needed to be about work, needed to be consumed with the environment that I was in and kind of mirror like what the people around me were doing and seeing and engaging with. And it, it totally started to feel unhealthy for me, to be honest. I can't speak to like what other folks felt, but it felt, it was just too much. Um, and I was so caught up in it that I didn't, I realized that I wasn't really able to fully absorb feedback. Um, And then it basically started to render me unable to see my blind spots because I was so like, everything needs to be uh, perfect. Everything needs to be um, exactly how I think it should be. Or I've seen this in another professional. So my work should mirror this. And while I I certainly wanted to be dedicated to what I was doing to um, hopefully have some influence and impact on whatever institution or whatever job that I was working with at the time, it started to become overwhelming and create levels of emotional anxiety, physical anxiety. So I was starting to feel it um, when I wasn't even at work. Um, and then I, could, I speak to this in terms of like higher education, but this can span any career field when you become so entrenched in the work that your self-worth then becomes um, whatever you identify as a career. So when people ask you like, like there's a question that like I've been asked before, like, who are you? And like the if your first answer rings to like what you do as a profession That should be an alarm that should stop and give you pause. Like, wait a minute, I'm so many other things aside from this particular title that I have at this time. Um, When I was realizing that so many things were about work, were about colleagues um, and my interactions with them, I was overthinking um, in a world that's kind of, and I, I use this, I don't use this term lightly, but it was incestuous in terms of, Like, who's doing what? How are they doing it? Where are they advancing? Why am I not there? Um, And the investment becomes so deep that it felt draining. Like, everything that I do, I was mincing my words. I was um, adjusting my work and my life around 
the work that I do and I get compensated for and that I have access to benefits for, which is not always a terrible thing, but I know that I've, I I came so, became so lost in it. And sometimes I'm still lost in it. And I have to like shake myself out of that space where I'm thinking about work 24 seven because I am more than the work that I do. Um, and this is, to be honest, this is 14, 15 years of unlearning that, um, especially as, when you're in a space where you see other people around you consumed by the work and they advance in different ways and they get access to different information, different people. And it can be easy to get caught in this hamster wheel of like, well, this is what I have to do to advance and this is what I have to do to get ahead. And I think in the last year or so, um, before I started report recording this podcast, I got really sick. So I <clears throat> was a person who didn't take a ton of days off and for, for sick. Um, if I was sick, I was like, I have to be really sick in order to not come in. And I ended up catching pneumonia for, I probably had it for a good month or so before I actually, um, before Bay convinced me to go in to see a doctor and the way that they, they can diagnose, um, pneumonia is that you have to get a chest x-ray. I'm not going to get too much into my medical history, but you get, they have to do a chest x-ray and they can see it in your lungs. And I remember being like, uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then went on a small trip to new Orleans, came back and was still sick, like feverish on and off, but was still going to work, like showing up for work, coughing through meetings and still, you know, allowing myself to be drained and not paying attention to the very real signs. And then I went to the doctor and literally before she was like, oh, your lungs sound kind of junky. Let me send you to x-ray and see what's up. And so before I even got to fit completing um, the filling of my prescription that she had given me, she was like, you need to not go back to work. You have pneumonia. And I was like, oh, is it like the walking version? Because they always say that one's a little bit, maybe a little bit lighter. And she's like, no, you have like the real one. Like you've been walking with it for a while and you need to go home. And then I had to be like, whoa, wake up call. How much emotion and how much of myself am I giving to um, my job, my work, my employer, and I'm not taking care of myself. And so that was a real wake up call for me to really consider like, what am I, what am I sacrificing in order to like, quote unquote, get to the next level or to be seen or to be revered in some capacity. And so the, the immediate stage right after that was a level of resentment um, and opposition to what I had in my earlier in my career had really enjoyed. But now I was paying the cost for not paying attention to that. And I was pissed, to be honest. I was like, F this and this, this sucks. Like, I can't believe like I let it get this bad. And how come nobody noticed? How come nobody from the outside at work, because they kept telling me to go, but I wasn't, I'm hard headed. So I wasn't listening. But why wasn't anybody else paying attention to that? And then I had to remember, that's no one else's job to pay attention to, but mine. It was, that was all on me. I can be, I can blame no one for my inaction for myself. And then I started to, when I had a few days off, I realized the emotional impact of, because I didn't check email during that time, I really disconnected because I realized how sick I actually was. And for me, the emotional attachment manifested itself in a physical illness. 
But sometimes you can see there's there's a, a mental illness when you become so anxious about work that you can't relax. You don't feel like you can not check email. You feel like you are responsible for all of these things that at the end of the day, you play a role in, but they're not your full responsibility. Um, and then once I moved through that kind of like angry stage and being pissed, I was like, I need to... F- create a path. And some of the the article that I was reading was like, it, it was like a small sentence about like finding a level of indifference in your work. Um, which to me was like indifference. It's like not one way or the other. And I was like, okay, indifference isn't a terrible thing. Like it's not bad to be indifferent. Um, and then I realized I started to think more about when something would go wrong at, at job, at the job or, some somebody turned up or whatever and I was like you know what as long as I in my mind and sometimes I've said I've said it very selectively to a few people as long as I have my monetary compensate compensation and access to my benefits then I'm gonna be all right like you can you can be mad you can be big mad you can wear a cape and be super mad but at the end of the day so long as I have those things then I'm gonna be fine I'll take the feedback I'll adjust because nobody's perfect and that's the first sign of when I started to realize that I didn't need to be perfect. So some of that perfectionism stuff kind of went away. And the emotional emotional attachment that I had to the work became less. I'm not saying it's non-existent right now, but I had to really categorize in my life, if I can't talk about anything else beside work, that is a problem. And that's when I started to, I started to get into hobbies like a, a few years ago, but they really became more prevalent because I'm like, I cannot be the person that all I can do is talk about work and I'm so emotionally wrapped up in work and I have an attitude because of work. I didn't want to be that person. So that's when I think that was probably a little bit after like I started this podcast as a result of like, let me get a hobby. I listen to lots of podcasts. I've been talking about starting my own for at least a year or two. What am I waiting for? I started to focus more on running and working out because I wanted to be able to do something and have communication around something and really honor myself in a different way that wasn't solely connected to my job that I'm compensated for and have access to benefits for. And so as I think about the emotional attachment that we all to some degree have at work, remind yourself that indifference isn't a bad thing. Um, sometimes you're going to be like, I'm just here to get a check. Like I'm not even here for all of this extra stuff. And those, those days will ebb and flow. Sometimes you'll feel really connected to the work. And on occasion, I lose sight of that because I think like in my head, I'm like, this work is so big and everything I do is so monumental. I must be there. And then I realized somebody was in this role before me. Somebody will be in this role after me. So what I can do is calm down. I am not the end all be all. I am not the only person that can do this work. And sometimes that is reflected when I am out of the office and then unavailable for things because there are times when we can be unavailable for the work that helps us disconnect emotionally and that lets other folks know um, that they're going to have to step in to do that work sometimes. I think part of my responsibility is to not hoard my work and to be the only person that knows x y and z. I will do my best to set folks up for like, these are the things you might face or, or encounter while I'm out. There are going to be some things that people face and encounter while I'm out or when I'm not there, that they're just going to be just fine. 
They're going to figure it out because that is how the world works. There are people that did our roles before us. There are people that will do our worlds after us. But if I'm the only one, if I'm the only one, only capital O-N-L-Y that can do something, that's a problem. I have an emotional strangle on my work and that should not be the case. If I go, people should be able to reasonably figure it out. Even if I haven't left notes about those things, they should be able to reasonably figure it out because I'm hoping that I'm surrounded by colleagues who are smart enough or bright enough to be like, mm, I'm just going to figure this out. It may not be the, exactly the way that this person would have done it, but the work shouldn't stop because of my emotional stronghold on what I'm doing or the tasks that I'm doing or what I'm responsible for. So I don't have a ton more else to say about this emotional attachment to work, but think about the emotional attachment that you have to work. And are you setting yourself up for success? Yes, the business and the organization, but sometimes damn them, you have to set yourself up for success so that you're not so emotionally attached to something. You don't know how to let it go. You don't know when to leave. You don't know how to distance yourself from that particular work. Um, So I'd say take some time and think about that and think through how do I emotionally detach from work and not see it as a bad thing because people will certainly try to shame you into thinking, oh, you don't have an emotional, nobody says emotional attachment to work, but like you're not invested in the work. And it's not that. It's about being more invested in yourself, Because you are a person that is whole outside of your work. If no one has told you that today, this month, this year, or ever, you are a whole person outside of your work. So remember that. When the job is not there, when the work is not there, you got to be able to figure out what are you about? What are your hobbies? What do you like to do? Because I'm telling you, reading articles related to your profession, it's great when you're in that. And you should be able to read something and connect things outside of your profession. Um, And I say should because you're not going to likely be in that profession or that particular job for your lifetime unless you're at the pinnacle of that. And then you might even change organizations or companies. So remember that. Um, The article says, oh, that was a good one. I didn't even remember that part. It says, remember that you are more than your job. Be deliberate about being objective because that allows you to kind of take a step back from your work and see the task at hand and not be so emotionally connected that you take everything personally and you can't see where there might need to be improvements. Um, Ooh, low key, this one hit me to my core. Try complaining just a little bit less. Mm. I'm not even going to comment on that, um, but try complaining a little bit less. You'll probably have more complaints the, the, when you give yourself a little bit of distance from the emotions of the work and you, and you see the task at hand. So mm, that's a word right there. So I'm going to leave that as it is. That is it for this episode. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. If you, if you search two quick things, you will see both my Facebook and Instagram. Slide in my DMs is what I always say or leave me a, a comment. You can also find the show on Apple Podcasts. Um, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, what's the other one, SoundCloud, and of course there's always one that I'm missing, and that's fine because if you're listening to it, you have found it. Uh, Feel free to to leave me a rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts because that's great because I see those, Um, and shout out to the folks who do that, so I appreciate it. I don't have many, but I appreciate what's there, and I will see you all next time. Take care.